So, I had one of my friends on this episode to share his perspective on life. Kolo is a friend of mine that I have history with and is someone I find interesting. I find his views interesting. I find his person interesting. I find his character interesting. And sometimes we banter at each other and ask each other, when you go marry? This is because he is very principled and has a different taste from most Nigerian men that it is very difficult for him to settle down. In the course of this episode, you will find out what I mean. But yeah, enjoy the conversation. Hi guys. Hello guys. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. Hi, Kolo. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Thank you, Rita. Thanks for having me. Why do they sound like a good person now? Why? (laughs) You and Jesus know that I'm a good person. Leave Broje out of this. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome to the Girl Unplugged. Thank you very much for having me on the Girl Unplugged. Imagine that we had lots of conversations before you started the Girl Unplugged and in your blog side and to do back and forth reviews. At some point, we even had a small fight mm. over reviewing your, your blog. And then to see that today I'm the guest on the Girl on Blog, I think it's a small win. <laughs> small win, bro. This is no small win for me. Trust me. It's a big win, you know. People that are not into podcasting may not really understand. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of growth. It's something you cannot do if you don't have the passion for it. It's as simple as that. So today I want us to talk about a lot of things, but specifically the challenges that older single men face and the societal perception of them, their struggles, and the reason why some of them choose to be single. Because the gist out there is that, ah, women now want to stay single. Their standards are high, you know? But Mm -hmm. it's surprising to know that there are also men who face the same struggles we face in terms of asking you when you go marry. But not just when you go marry, but you as the man is choosing not to rush into a relationship or a marriage because of some certain things you have also come to know. So we're going to be talking about it. I would want to also share my story, meeting you, you know, and try to shed light how we always talk about the influence of men in our lives in a negative way, but we don't really talk about how men influence us positively in terms of the change in mindset and perception of life. You know, <laughs> it's always the men has come narrative every time. <laughs> but not all men has come. Hallelujah. And it's come today, maybe expect tomorrow, you know? <laughs> you know, I expect today, my day is come tomorrow. Exactly. So it's all about growth and evolving. So yes, let's have that conversation. Thanks. Specs like us have remained specs forever. Yeah. Oh, come on. Get over yourself now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nicolo is out. Maybe you're posing as a good person. Now they will know who you but, are. But I, but, but I need to correct something, though. You, meant, you made mention of something from the stand about older single men. I am not an older single man. Oh, I am oh, a wow. baby boy. Oh, sorry. sorry. I am a baby. Please, I have not joined 35 plus. Oh, and you are calling me older already. I am sorry. I just, okay. I just don't oh, please. Think this year. Sorry, sorry. Please don't drag me. <laughs> Apology accepted. <Apology> accepted. <laughs> so let's start with who is KKK. You know that's one of the most difficult questions to answer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because because um my person is best experienced um than told. You know, most times people ask me, are you the KKK? And my my answer amidst some laughter is, no, I am not the KKK. I am, I am KKK. Um, even though as a, as a child, I used to be excited. I mean, without knowing what the KKK was really about, I used to be excited that I had the same initials at some notorious organization in America. But it's such an amazing thing to grow up and find out that my parents practically sat down and planned on what my name was going to be. Also because of the meanings of my name um, and how those meanings have influenced my life um, up until now. So the KKK, my full name is Kolo Kenneth Kadiri. Kolo oh. is my native name. Um, I am Nupi from North Central Nigeria. And Kolo means nobility. It's a royal class name. Um, and by Nupi mythology, um, the Kolo name is ascribed to a royal house. By Nupi culture, um, you have multiple royal houses from which the king can be drawn from. Mm. Um, and those royal houses have specific names. And the titular names are ascribed to specifics. Your house might be ascribed to music, to war, or to agriculture, or to mining, you know, mm. all of that. My, my father's bloodline is from teaching. So the Kolo house um, were scribes. They were um, teachers of, of schools from the traditional system up until when, when Islam came into, we had a lot of madrasas um, with students from Mauritania all the way to Sudan. But you're not um, Muslim, my, though. Oh, I'm not Muslim. Okay. My mom's and um, her Kolo bloodline is for music. So my grandfather was the chief of music, I'm king. Um, and so his brothers were also musicians. I'm seeing the connection now with you being a poet and you being someone that loves knowledge. Then, of course, there's Kenneth, mm. which is Gaelish, and it means handsome leader. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite cheeky, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't create the, the means. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then there's Kadiru, Kado, pronounced rightly, which is Arabic, and it's one of the 99 names of Allah. And it means exalted. And that's the coinage for my name. So Kolo Kenneth Kadiri. There's that linkage um, with the meanings of my name. If, if you take 
you have a grandiose understanding and perception of your name and i think it adds to your person it adds to how also you carry yourself and it also adds to why you're easily misunderstood because you're someone that can easily come off as arrogant and full of themselves i was born arrogant right I like to put it that way. I, I was born arrogant. With that came um, that self-awareness from a very young age. My person, my intelligence, my personality, my birth order, everything combined um, to help me see that I was unique or special. Um, my name also helped. I'm selfish because I love myself first. I'm outspoken. Um, mm. a man of letters. Um, I love the use of words very well. Very passionate. I can be generous when I'm in the mood. My greatest love language, I think, is uh, the act of service. It's easy for me to to love my neighbor as myself through acts of service. And how do you receive love? I think touch. Touch does it a lot for me. Affection. Yes. Okay. So first impressions. <laughs> first impressions. Can I can I quite remember what it felt like the first day I saw you at work? I think it was your complexion that stood you out. Always. Um, Always. Yeah. Oh wow, who is this person? And I think our first conversation was quite the lively one. It was easy. Maybe because I was that handsome enough to smile. Warm this is not the warm. place. I can't quite remember the conversation, but I remember that it was quite easy to strike off one with you. Yeah. And, and we quite seem to want to talk about the same things. Yeah. Uh, knowing who the, the other person was and what to do, um, why um, they're doing what they're doing. Mm. The fact that we were both young. Um, it, it's quite easy for two young people to meet up and want to have conversations. Conversations, exactly. From my end, and this is where I come in with the story of how a man can influence you positively and how you influenced me. I know I've shared this personally with you, but I thought to bring it on the show also because these things need to be talked about often. Like I said, for re-emphasis, not all men are scum. And a spec today can become a scum tomorrow. <laughs> And it's come today can become a spec tomorrow. So, but yeah. Of course, of course. (laughs) But please let a scum not remain a scum, please. So yeah, meeting you was, meeting you was life-changing. I think meeting you, you know, catalyzed the changes and the expectations and the desires that I wanted going forward. You know, I remember after our discussion, we had a date at your place after work. And those were my first months in Abuja, you know, fresh Enugu babe coming to Abuja. There was a lot of learning and unlearning to do, which I wasn't even aware of. But I was just that young girl that just wanted more and came to Abuja. And so when you invited me on a date to your house, my first impression was, now so it is that, you know, because, 
when a man invites you in the house, the next thing you're thinking when you're a girl is you prepare for the worst. Yeah. And so I got to your house. First, what took me out was your apartment. It had that minimalist touch and yet it was Afrocentric. And I was like, okay, who, who be this? Like, who is this person? <laughs> and then I remember again, you didn't have a television, mm-hmm. but you had a stereo where you play your music. And then yeah. your choice of music was that thing also. And then you offered to make food and you didn't just make the normal Indomie, you know? <laughs> There are guys that when you come to their house, Indomie and egg is their specialty because number one, <laughs> Indomie seems to be that food everybody can cook, you know. Wow. There's no but, way you cook Indomie but, that Indomie will not be sweet. And then you made pounded yam and egusi soup for me with a glass of wine. I've never been treated yes. that way before. Like that was the beginning of another level of what is possible when it comes to um, a man treating you as a woman? You get. I was your first. Uh, well, in that sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> in that sense, yes. You were my first. So, watching you do all those things, being meticulous about it, you know, I, I, I even offered to help with the cooking. And you were like, no, don't worry. Just sit, enjoy yourself, listen to music, drink your wine. And then I had this terrible flu that blocked my yeah. nose. And then you offered me peppermint and eucalyptus oil. Mm-hmm. Hey, that was it. That was what closed the matter for me. I said, it's a lie. Real? It's <laughs> a lie. Who is this? It's a lie. You know? The moment I left your house that day, I said to myself, because, you know, let me now emphasize this because I know our listeners, they want to know. In my mind, mm-hmm. I was expecting you to do the normal touch, touch, kiss, kiss, you know, as for somebody that has, you know, now they always, you always have it in your mind. But yeah. it was just the simple yeah. dinner we had, we chatted, we listened to music, we analyzed poems. And I ordered my Uber and I left. And I left your house that day saying to myself, this well, is the standard I'll be working with going forward. So when I say it's a positive influence to, to, to me, I mean it because it was like, it was that, that person that brought that change. This is possible. Mm-hmm. There's something like this. But yeah, that was it for me. That was it for now, me. On that, that day, um, what was running to my mind was the fact that I needed to make my house a safe space for you. But I was also thinking about myself because I needed to treat you right in a way that I would be able to protect my, my person and my integrity. And right. so I had, to do right, I had to do right by you. Um, you were my guest and anything I was doing that day on the first time was going to set a precedence for how you would view and perceive me. Mm. Um, and also um, from home grooming, I learned from an early age that it wasn't right for me to have guests over and they would be doing domestic chore, male mm. or female. Why? The reason why you're, you're my guest is so that I would treat you to 
um, my sense of hospitality. Mm. Allow me, make you feel like a king or a queen for the period that you are here. Mm. Um, if subsequently we become friends, it doesn't mean that that hospitality changes. Change. Yes, because we become friends, um, I might not be that all that first impression kind of thing. Yeah. But the hospitality thing um, would not change. Plus, I was at a phase where um, I needed to be able to do certain things to set my mind um, in the right place. Um, and it included getting reviews about my cooking. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's true. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been easy to get rev- positive reviews if I was if I was getting help. So how ba- how much bad can I do by myself as far mm. as cooking um, is concerned? It's concerned, yeah. You know, so um, I, I needed to, to do it all by myself, stretch myself to see how much I could get done, how well it would turn out um, so that, I mean, you could see that, oh, there's a man who can actually make amazing pounded yam with egg sister. An egg sister. Yeah, so, so that, yeah. Was, that, that was what was running through my mind. Uh, but beyond it all, it's I, I, I understood from an early age um, what experiences are like and how they, they shape in our minds and our perspectives going forward. It, it, it's about creating um, that network and community mm. where you have people that you can blend with, people you can build friendship with. I mean, new people are known to be highly hospitable, hospitable so yeah. I, I, I had no option than, than to, to make people um, experience that that so you, you know listening to you talk about all this it, it, it could be assumed that ah Colo must be taken or should have been taken by now but you're single as fuck sorry well my French yeah <laughs> yeah I should actually I should have been taken the funny part was when you came over for for that date, I was still in my stages of grief. Yeah, and getting getting over a heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the date sort of also helped in the healing process because I needed to be in that place where I was mingling with other women, other women, and, yeah. and ex- having experiences with them that helped me see that not everyone is the same that not mm. all women would be us um the ex mm. not everyone with the same mindset and mentality um you know so i needed that reassurance that i was still attractive enough for someone to want to go on a date with yeah. um, and i was mentally in that place to be able to have conversations with the opposite gender mm. and for it not to be bitter or for it not to give me flashbacks mm. about memories I wanted to forget yeah but that was like almost six years ago if I'm not mistaken or seven yeah. so yeah, why are you yeah, still but... single uncle mm. I'm still single because um I haven't I haven't met I haven't met that person the thing is I haven't met that person who comes off as someone who can tolerate me Yes, honestly, my tolerance levels can be very low a lot of times. Mm. Um, and the feedback that I get a lot is that I am very difficult or I pursue perfection even though I am not perfect. Mm. 
Mm. Right. And and my answer to that is that yes, I accept that I am not perfect, but on my own, I am on a pursuit of um, perfection. So I'm always trying to see how much of improvement I can make to make myself as pristine as possible. And so if if you are attracted to me, you should be in that position where every day you are trying to make yourself a better person. Mm. You're trying to improve on your weaknesses and strengthening um, those skills or those those um, qualities that, that are your sure. strength. Yes, that yes. Yeah. And and yeah. very often, very often um, I meet women who are attracted to the physical, who are attracted to the fact that he has an amazing smile, um, talking was, with him. Some people have with, even said you have an amazing body, you know, chest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's that talk about my mysterious smile um, with something underneath it and they want to discover it. Um, there's that talk about the fact that I am a great cook. Um, mm. like, they like to call me a chef, but I remind them that I don't have the certification. You're a trialist. Uh, yes, a trialist chef. They also like that I can give amazing massage. So there's always, oh, I'd like to come back for that amazing massage. Mm. You know, but for me, those are qualities that I am picking up here and there because I am in pursuit of perfection. Mm. Um wanting to be the best you can be exactly if i'm trying if i'm striving to be this you should be striving to be that as well yeah i feel like the needs of men and women they are not um, mutually exclusive these things don't exist in isolation and there's no one standard you know one side we are having this gender war of who we cook and do all those things on the other side, people are improving themselves to be the best they can be for their partners. You know, sure. they are not yes. seeing those roles. They are not seeing those limitations. They are just, they just want to be that wholesome person that would bring mm-hmm. value to their partner. Absolutely. But then you find out that those kind of people are rarely married. <laughs> they are almost always by themselves. So- you see, the, 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 thing, the thing is that um, that pursuit of wholesomeness um, is usually a one-man's mission. Um, and it comes with the vulnerabilities and the weaknesses of man. Mm. Man here, whether male or female. Female, yeah. And that's why, and that's why the, the preaching is always about find someone who compliments you, find someone who can do the things that you cannot do. Because what we're trying to do is to extol the part, the, the, the part that we are not perfect. Yes. And so the other person would um, make us whole. Yes. Um, but in, this, in, the, in the sense that you try to find someone who makes you whole, but then they dig a hole in you, it, it ends up breaking you, right? Mm. Sometimes I say to myself that my experiences have, made me akin to a stitched goat skin mm-hmm. which has lots of patches but now it's difficult to to tear mm-hmm. yeah so society tries to make us accept the fact that there are, there are things that we cannot be mm-hmm. but there are things that we cannot do and so 
we must find that partner who can do, who do it. Yes. Mm. And that's why society makes it okay for a man not to be able to clean his his house mm. or to change his bed sheet every week or every yeah. two weeks. So talking about so finding someone who compliments you, we end up looking for a caregiver who you're living with. Um, and the annoying um, thing is this, right? For most people, what they also bring to the table is that just money because they believe that that is what they can bring or that's the only thing they can bring. And that is what that has been ascribed to them as men. So if they're able to fulfill that, whatever you are bringing as a woman is like an added to help him to become more. Rita, how many of these men are able to bring the right amount of money to the table in the first place? Please, please don't go there, please. <laughs> you're going to rip you're going to rip some hats. <laughs> you see, so, so, so that that's that's where the problem is. And this is this is this is the reason why I talk about pursuing perfection, right? Because mm-hmm. um, yes, you may not have a, a lot of money to bring on the table, but you see, the thing with having someone in your life is not really about throwing cash on their laps, mm. but being able to be there. You know, uh, if you are able to show and not tell. Mm. you're able to to be present mm. and not just try to facilitate things and mm. um, goes a lot a long way in helping that person see that you are expressing love and it's as easy as, as this your partner walks in and says oh they've had a very long day or a very long week uh, and their back hurts or their neck hurts they've not been sleeping well Mm. right and the person who's going to throw money at you would just say um okay he picks up his phone he checks for some spa somewhere yeah and he picks for it and says dick go and get a massage yeah yeah now that could work yeah but the more you do that um it just makes it seem that your problems will be solved by money yeah now, that is not really now the fact that every now and then you should get a, a spa treatment. Yes. But you see, when, when the partner comes in and sees all of that, and the first thing you do is to get hot water or take them to the bathroom and give them mm. a warm shower, like you get in the bathroom with them and you bathe them. Oh, wow. Uh, it's suddenly becoming hot here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you bathe Rita. them. Or you just you get a bowl of hot water and let them drop their feet in, in it mm. um, and then you, you you wipe them off with a towel and give them a, a, a foot massage a gentle squeeze you might not be very good at it but gentle squeezes with mm. oil maybe oil is a great starter but if you have aromatherapeutic oils mm. uh, you may not be really good at massage but the oils will do it for Trigger, you because, yes. Yeah, yes because it will create the that aura the oils would would permit their skin they would breathe it in and they would it would it would be soothing enough to calm them down because yeah again some of this stress is is psychological mm. right so the, mm. the aromatherapy brings them in 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 a state where their minds begin to calm and then their muscles and nerves also begin to to set mm. but the other thing is is your presence that 
quality time that you spend with them, that time when you are needing their feet and they're just ranting on or you're talking about something and you're giving them a listening ear, mm. you're, you're talking about your troubles and every now and then you're providing some solution, but you're also cracking one joke or the other, mm. um, is, is that aspect of memory building that you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, when you are not there tomorrow, they have something in their amygdala that they can call back to you and be clear on their minds and say, oh, I really had an amazing time with this person. This person is good. So they have something to remember about you. Yeah. Now, the more frequent that is, the more that person builds a strong bond with you. With you. And Agreed. the more of that experience you have, even in the times of strife, even in the times of conflict, that that period of bonding would override whatever reason there is for conflict. That it's, it's easy for you to see the need for you to resolve that conflict and continue to be with that person. That person, yeah, I agree. Because the amazing moments you share with them um, keep flooding you and say, I, 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 I want to keep having more yeah, of this. Of this. Yeah whatever differences we have now, we should be able to find a common compromise. Mm, you know? mm. With all of this, it has to be two ways. It's not just one person doing the giving. Of course, of course. Be- I'm able to see why you would say that as an individual, you build yourself in such a way that you're not entirely dependent on somebody, you know, but you're also bringing value to a relationship. And I think this also would lead me to ask you if you think it's possible because you said that you've not seen that person, right? So it's not, it's not a matter of you are not ready. It's a matter mm-hmm. of the person is not available, right? It's not there. But yeah. do you think that for someone that is 30 plus, do you think yes. that they can still not be ready yes. for a relationship? Well, the thing is, I've, I've met people that I've tried to be in a relationship with, um, and I, I made it clear with, with objectives. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. But I also want us to explore that moment of be, becoming friends and, and identifying those things that create bond between us. And the first feedback I get is, I am not here to play around. I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm looking for marriage. So yeah. I'm looking for someone who comes and says they like me and they want to get married to me, mm. right? And that sets me off like this person is not ready. Because what you are looking for is a milestone. You're not looking for that person who would be your friend. Now, going back to being dependent on the other person, I was asked out once by someone who felt I had amazing kitchen skills and they wanted me in their life for i found it exciting because i'd always wanted to be in a position where i'd be asked out Mm. i wanted to know what it feels like for a man to be asked out you know and so it wasn't the regular snob snobbing that ladies are used to when they ask a man out because most ladies say that they're scared of asking a man out because um (laughs) the man will snob her yeah. Uh, because men are used to being the ones who chase. So when they are being chased, it comes off wrongly on them. So the conversation started on a good pace. Um, what I like, what my values are. 
and the person thought that our, our values aligned quite well. And so it was my turn to do the questioning, right? And I asked a few things about life skills, what you can do with your hands, what mm. you can do, do you know how to cook? Um, and the answer was no, I don't know how to cook. Oh, why? And they gave their reasons. They weren't raised in, in an environment where mm. they should learn. They should learn how to cook, yeah. Yes. They were, the person was quite privileged. They had help around the house. Mm. So there was no need for them to go to the kitchen to cook all the time, yeah? So I said, okay, that's fine. I, I understand. Um, but do you want to learn to cook? Because even with the fact that they didn't know how to cook, I could spot the window of opportunity that me teaching them to cook would be an opportunity for us to spend a lot of time together, which mm-hmm. would help us bond more mm. and would help us discover ourselves. Yeah. But they were not in the mood to learn to cook. Mm. And so I said, okay. Because you're supposed to accept um, them the way and, they are. <laughs> exactly. And, and at that point, at that point, what I was thinking of was what are the possibilities if I accept to date this person? And two, three years down the line, we're married and we have kids. And I need to travel for work. How do my kids feed? Are we, uh-huh. Would I have to cook and put in the freezer Fridge. for them yeah. to microwave? Um, will they have to order out? Mm. Um, and I was raised on home-cooked meals. I still cook 90% of the food that I eat today. And I'm not a fan of cooking in bulk and storing in the freezer. In I like to eat it fresh. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I had, I had all of that thoughts and I asked her, okay, so if I'm the only one in the house who's cooking and I'm not around, how do, how would you and the kids feed? And the answer was, oh, uh, they would eat out or hire a chef. And I said, no, I wouldn't want that because you see, the kitchen is an amazing place. Um, sex begins in the kitchen, thanks to an amazing book um, by Tim Lahai. But teaching, education begins in the kitchen. And this is what I mean. I always remember my summer holidays when my mom would take my, my siblings and myself and my aunties would take my cousins and leave us with our grandmother for the long summer holiday. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a period for my domestication because that was when I learned to peel a goosey, mm. to pick beans, to peel granuts, to peel corn off the cobs, to sweep, to wash dishes. Christ, I still hate doing dishes. But <laughs> yeah, there was, that, there was that routine. There was a shadow. Everyone had a time when they would, they would do the dishes. Do and those things, yes. Yes. So that period of domestication sort of helped me realized that there were chores that were specific to ladies um, yeah. and chores that were specific to men. Back at home, whenever my mom was cooking, um, I could walk into the kitchen and ask her what was cooking. Cooking. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't get leave the kitchen, go to the go to the sitting room and watch it with your dad. She would invite me and answer my questions. She let me know today when we're having rice or today we're having beans or we're having yam. Um, and I could ask, why are we having yam today? And she'd say, oh, because you need to vary your diet. Mm. Uh, you need this, you need that. And I would ask what the process is. 
and she would tell me, you need to peel this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to... I remembered with my grandma, she was making semo once. And I was asking why she's pouring flour in the pot. And she said, come in. She invited me into the kitchen um, with the traditional um, tripod over fire. Mm. And she said, if you pour this in and you turn it with a stick, it becomes the food that, that you, you eat. And I stood there and I watched her um, prepare it. Perfect. So the same thing... The same thing happened with, with my mom. And that experience helped me to understand the process of preparing food. That there was in that food didn't just drop from heaven like heaven, man. Yeah. That someone had to put in the duty of preparing it. Yeah. So it was it was an amazing learning process for me. Now, when as parents, you cook in the kitchen and kids can come in and ask questions. You would realize that questions would move away from food to other things. Other things, right. That's true. That's true. And, and it sets the pace for you to begin to work on their minds. Hmm. You know, so instead of saying, don't talk to men. If you talk to men and they touch you, you get pregnant. Right there in the kitchen is where you begin to impress on their minds. That is where you begin to introduce sexual and reproductive health. That's when you begin to, whether male or female, Female, when yeah. you begin to talk about um, how they can build on their self-confidence, help them see that. And even be able in- to talk about the morning erection with your son. Because exactly. you know, you know, <laughs> exactly. for boys, they may not be able to tell you that this is what happens. Yes. And they, they find it like a pain of shame. And so mm-hmm. even though it may not be the duty of the mom to explain that because of the whole gender thing, but it could also create that atmosphere, you know. Exactly. And if you are I mean, the father she, doing the cooking as well, it could also create that bond between your yeah. son. Yeah. It could be the and mother yourself. and she, she could allay his fear and let him realize that not, nothing was wrong and his father was going to, to do that. Speak. Yeah, tell him. Yeah, yeah. And then mother then has has a conversation with the father and say, oh, your son is going through this and you need to let him Talk see to, this. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it's also that that period where the entire family gets to bond. Bond well. together, yeah. And this thing you're saying is bringing a lot of things to my mind in terms of, you know, the question I asked was, is it possible for someone to be 30 plus and still not be ready to get married? I asked that intentionally because there's something about age that people think if you're at this certain age, you're supposed to have been doing this and that. Yeah. And, you know, mentally, we could think we are ready maybe mm-hmm. because of expectations and what society has said that this is what ready looks like. But are you yes. really ready? You know, True. are you uh, really yeah. ready to start having this kind of conversations? You know, mm-hmm. there's something also you said that struck me, which is seeing marriage as a milestone. So you yeah. meet somebody, you're already picturing how many children you're going to have with this person, what is going mm-hmm. to happen. Not that it's bad, but what yeah. of that foundational, what of the one that gets to two, that gets to three before yeah. it becomes hundred? Yes. What happens to that beginner stage? You see, we we fail we fail to we fail to ask the right question. And by asking, we fail to ask ourselves. Mm. And, and that's that's the one thing that I like to do a lot because it's it's pretty easy to meet someone somewhere 
and like their their aura or their mm-hmm. presence and want to be with them. But we fail to ask on a rainy day, would you still want to be around this person? Because mm-hmm. the amazing feelings that we have are usually on the Sunday. On a rainy day, what what sort of bad habits? does this person have Um, and would I be able to put up with them Mm. what are those things that I'll be able to change or influence about them what are those things that I will be unable to change about them would I be able to live with them Them. how would I manage them we don't ask these questions Um, and so we are usually carried away with the good times the sunny days um, and forget that as our own weathermen, when it rains, it pours. And mm. so when, when that happens, do we have the umbrella? Um, <laughs> do we have that mechanism in place to handle it? Yeah, Because we have to always think about what could go wrong. I remember um, I used to say that with my ex at, at some point that, oh, we ought to be prepared for that day when peradventure it happens that we'll no longer be together. Mm. Um, I might be the reason why we have to break up. You might be the reason why you have to break up. Or we both might not just be the reason. It might be some external factor. Um, how are we going to handle the situation? Um, are we going to go our separate ways out of bad blood? Mm. Or is it going to be on good terms where we're able to meet somewhere and still be able to share pleasantries or still be able to talk over the phone and ask oh. how we're doing yeah. um, something some like And it used to come off as a rude shock to her. And she used, she used to perceive it, the fact that me bringing that up meant that I didn't want... You are not seen forever be. with her. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that wasn't seen forever. Um, that she was just interim in my life and I was going to move on. And in her terms, we, in quotes, use her and move on. Um, but this was also because perhaps she was she was already used to being used and she was used to hearing certain things and a lot of things that I was saying were alien to her. And, and that's what we find around in society today where people are not planning for exigencies. We don't do a lot of risk management. Um, whether relationship or otherwise, mm. um, we just say it is well. Mm. God will handle. Mm. When we get to when we get to the river, we we'll know how to cross it. Yeah. No, but, mm-hmm. but you ought to be. Some don't ready. even have deal breakers. You get exactly no red flags, no deal breakers. But you see, if you have to build resilience against disaster you have to have a system of disaster risk reduction. You need to be able to know what you need to do. If this happens, you have to be logical and say, if this happens, how am I going to deal with it? Mm. If this person starts to be like this, what are the steps that I can take? You're hitting hitting the right words because I think as women, you know, we are not trained to think, to be that strategic when it comes to relationships. And I think that's why we, it's as if, it's as if it's as if we are always at the receiving end of whatever is the bad thing that comes because we are those emotional beings that go in with our heart first before our mind maybe our mind will come after several heartbreaks or several you know things that <laughs> 
that will reset your brain you know yeah let me share let me share one experience that i had um um, i went on a date with someone it was an evening of of good conversation great laughter but what i took away from the conversation that night was the fact that she liked her man to be sedentary she liked him to always be there she Mm. detested men who travel a lot Mm. and that stemmed from her experience that she was with some perhaps with someone who traveled a lot and wherever he traveled to he had mistresses or girlfriends then Mm. okay he was always cheating on her so um, anytime he needed to lay with someone he would use the excuse of his traveling for work and travel out of town and get his business then come back you know Uh, and then here i am with a job that requires me to travel a lot and then of course naturally i am a sojourner yeah but have you thought of how this will play in a relationship or marriage yes so i i keep thinking about it a lot especially if it becomes married and i have kids Mm. how much i'm away from the family how much how much time i would have to to parent my kids Mm. and as a father for me at this point i am happy to be with someone who enjoys traveling Mm. i'm happy to be someone who understands that travel and can be amazing if it's part of work but it can be amazing if it's pleasure as well yeah also you see it, it then brings you between the devil and the blue sea where you need to take that job that makes life comfortable enough for you but it entails a lot of traveling mm. or you don't take that job and settle for the one that makes you sedentary but doesn't pay you well enough to cater for your family yeah mm-hmm. so um which are you going to to pick mm. and even if the woman says oh i am happy with whatever it is you bring in as long as you are here would that bring me satisfaction mm. because Regardless of the fact that I, I love you and I want you in my life and we're married, there has to be some level of selfishness as well. Mm. I have to feel fulfilled. Exactly. I shouldn't be in the job um, because you want to be happy. Yeah. I should be in the job because I want to be happy first. My happiness should then influence your happiness. I can't hate to go to my job every day because it makes you happy. Yeah. That, that's not. Yeah. Person. And I feel like this is where compromise also comes in you know because when you talk about compromise it's almost like sacrifice yeah you know but you know again you ask yourself compromise what are you willing to compromise compromise is not something that they put around your neck and force you it has to come from a place of willingness so that you know that while you're doing it is something you're doing it with a desired end in mind or this i'm doing it for my children because at this stage of their life they need me around them you know till they don't need me anymore like that then i can Mm -hmm. still go and travel the world and do all that yeah Yeah. so um from a man's point of view Mm -hmm. now what are the pressures you get for being single (laughs) both personal and otherwise (laughs) Personally, I don't think I have any pressures. Am I under pressure for myself to get married? It used to be in the past when I had milestones. Mm. Um, finished finish university before 22, which, which happened. 
get a job before 24, which did not. I was away doing some volunteering work in Liberia. Get married like 25, have my kids before 30. Come on you know. now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. All of all of those, all of those were were part of milestones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the first one did happen, yes. But of course, life throws you lemons. Of course. Yeah. So the, the, the trajectory changed for me, but it doesn't come with pressure because I have always known that what I needed to think to worry about was my happiness. Because mm. I was happy doing what I was doing. When I was in Liberia, I was happy for 20 months. And the period when I began to wake up and not be happy, even if I go to work and get my job done, was when I began to realize that, no, my time here was done. Mm. I needed to move. I needed to change jobs. And I packed my bags and came back to Nigeria. Subsequently, in every job that I've done, if I begin to wake up in the morning and loathe getting ready to go to, go to work, mm. then I know my job there is done. It's I need done. to move. Yeah. Yes. So with the issue of marriage, no, I, I don't feel pressure on myself that I need to get because I keep asking myself, okay, if I'm getting married today, is it to make someone else happy? Maybe my parents because, oh, my son is already my, no, but does that make me happy? So if it doesn't make me happy, heck no. The only thing is the random loneliness every now and then mm. uh, because, yes, I definitely crave touch and it's not readily available. You know, so that's, that's the one thing that sometimes or you go to you go out and you see couples holding hands or they, they're doing that gossipy thing that couples do and you're just <laughs> sat all by yourself with your phone look so if i get someone for here now show you for the gossip yeah you know, or i'm gossiping with someone on the phone and then i realize you know if i had someone here it would have really been easy even with the eyes gossiping yeah eyes, you know, with the eye gesture thing, you know so that's 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 the one thing. Um, and children. Well, I have always wanted children, and my father would say, "Oh, get them early on so that they grow up um, with you. You grow up with your children." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not. I don't think it's a function of age in any case. Mm. Um, there's a lot of factors that come to play, and uh, I say like most times I joke when when they say you are getting old, go and get married. And I, I jokingly tell them, even at 60, I can still bet you bet. Even with children, it's not just about me when it comes to children. It's also about the person that I'm going to be making these children with. You need to make babies with the right person. Person. The right yeah. person meaning the right genes. To the right person meaning um, their bloodline. Mm. Um, their mental state, mm. you know, um, and and many other things. It also includes the right environment. Mm. Trust me, you do your children a disservice if you're birthing them in a war zone. Yeah, you're doing your children a disservice if you're birthing them at a period when you are having financial troubles. Because mm. see, parenthood is like, it's very expensive. And most times people do not give it thought about how they are going to go um, about parenting their children. Mm. 
they just go on about God is going to provide. I have seen instances where people are getting married and they're unemployed mm. and they say, um, we are hoping on God to provide. We're hoping on God that marriage, our marriage is going to bring us people. Mm. Um, or they're just giving birth to children and asking, how are you going to take care of these kids? And they go, oh, God is going to provide. Mm. Yes, it's okay to have that faith, but the Bible also <clears throat> talks about all faith without work is nothing. Mm. You know, so you need to be able to put in the work. You need to be able to tell yourself that this, I want to have this number of kids because I won't be able to afford this lifestyle. Mm. Yes, life happens. Things can change. But you need to be ready for when things happen. happen. So as a single person, one, do you have a reserve? And by reserve, I mean, if you're out of job tomorrow, the funds that you have, with you, do you have a reserve that, that's going to keep you running for the next month mm. or the next quarter or the next half year if you don't get another job? Mm. And I, I don't mean the money you are saving up. No, saving is not, no, seven is not a reserve. <laughs> but also have an emergency fund. It could be that bank account where you have 100,000 naira as an emergency fund where something happens. You need to settle and some just, medical bills. Yeah. You know, mm. the, doc, the hospital is saying, if you don't make a deposit, we're not going to treat this person. We're not, we're not going to give them medical aid. And then you start running health and health, making frantic phone calls, expecting people to come to your aid at that point when all you needed to do was just pull out um, a card and say, here, for status. Mm let this emergency fund create the wetting ground so that when you place a phone call and say this issue has come up i have been able to do this and i'm i am maxed out i need help mm. then you're knowing that you have maxed You've done out. something coming coming down to coming down to that other pressure that comes like you you're, you're mentioning with family mm. there has been some of that um, especially for my father who would Harp on about when I was your age, I had already done this, I'd already given birth to all of my children, I've already mm. done this, you know. And it helps to be able to have the right response to give mm. um, that doesn't make you look foolish mm. and also doesn't anger your parents. And so it came to a point where I had to have a candid discussion with my father and help him see that the generations are different. And times mm. change. Change, and yeah. What was obtainable during their times are not what's obtainable today. In their times, they had scholarship. They could go to whatever school they wanted and they had jobs waiting for them. Mm. And so the pressures were not there. You have your education fully catered for by the state. You have a job waiting for you. There is living quarters waiting for you. So you don't even have to pay rent. Yeah. Mm. So when you start earning money, the first thing you are thinking of is, I want to buy myself a car. They were all buying brand new Peugeot or Volkswagen Beetles. And the next thing after that was getting married. And they were doing that at very young ages. Yeah, very young. Very young. Today, you're in your mid-20s. You're still struggling to jump from 300 level to 400 level. Or Mm. to even um, do your youth service. (laughs) If you are lucky. Or get a job. Or even get into school. 
or even get into school in your mid-20s, you get. So the pressures, the times have changed and, and the priorities have changed as well. Right. Um, and and, and it, is, it has not elongated our year. The, the, the time it takes for one year to run is still 52 <laughs> weeks. You know? Exactly. You are getting old at the same rate with them, but life is not moving at the same pace. Same pace. How to make them realize all of that. Plus, with the change in times come change in taste. Um, today, people want to know themselves first. In the past, um, they would say get married. You, we'll, you, you will get to know each other. You get to love each other. You get to, <laughs> love will come. Love will grow. <laughs> we want to be sure that we're doing it the right way we want yeah to be sure we're almost we, like we, in fact in, in our own case is the reverse because our need for certainty is what is making yes. a lot of us even not make some yeah. serious moves because we want to be certain you know yeah, you want to be I want to be. I want to be sure that I'm. I'm doing. I'm going the long haul with the right person. Mm. And five years down the line, I am not contemplating divorce, yeah. um, which can, which can mess with your mind. Whether oh. you're the one, um, and mess with the children as well. As well, you know. So you you you're constantly asking yourself, um, am I making the right decision? Is this person the right person? Including the fact that culturally we still see. You don't marry the person; you marry their family. Family. Um, so this, ah, that this person, one. Ah. This person that I'm going out with. Um, <laughs> how, am I, how am I getting accepted by their family? Family, yes. How, how is their family accepting my family? Mm. You know, it's a lot of things. It's not that straightforward, you know. Yeah. 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 So, um, finally, how do you cope with the single life? As a man, how do you, what are your coping mechanisms? My coping mechanisms are my passion. I love to cook. um, So I spend time in the kitchen cooking. Um, Recently, I've started getting orders coming. People who see the food that I post asking if I could cook for them. Mm. So it's not very frequently, but Every now and then I get someone placing an order for me to cook for them. Yeah. That helps. Um, travel. Um, from 2016, mm. I began to be deliberate. I began to want to take an annual leave of my own. And by that, I mean to pack my bag and travel Go out somewhere. Yeah. I see your pictures. Yeah. Um, so travel travel has, has always been that go-to for me. Mm. To um, that helps. Um, the internet. I have over the last ten years become an addict of the internet. Um, of- <laughs> Would that be a good copy mechanism? <laughs> Would you say yes. it's a good copy mechanism yeah. for you? I, I think it's a great copy mechanism for me because um, I look at the internet for the opportunities that it presents. What I can, how I can meet people virtually, mm. how I can make wealth virtually. Yeah. Um, and also how i could while away time how I, I could relax virtually mm. so twitter on facebook every now and then i know the one you are dodging since me i'll ask you you know i won't close my mouth how do you cope with not having sex how do you cope with congee 
You can't you can't say you are not having such urges. Please, I'm not having such. <laughs> oh my god, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Please enjoy. <laughs> It, me saying that I have I am celibate would be me lying to myself yeah. and lying to God and lying to everyone. So I'm definitely not celibate. I mean, in the past, I have explored the friends with benefits thingy. I've had instances where friends with benefits were proposed to me, hmm. and I said, "Okay, fine. Let's let's give the, let's give this a try. We want to be friends with benefits." This is what it entails. Emotions are not going to come on the table. Do not expect them. Mm. And so when you need to complain that, oh, you are putting a wall between me and your emotions, what's going through my mind is, hey, we already talked. Yes, we already talked about this. People need to be able to have this conversation in their head all the time. They need to be able to talk a lot with them and this is this is one coping mechanism for me because people ask me why don't you go out a lot um why you always hold up in your house like it's some kidnapping den but it's because one i love the peace that comes with being alone i Mm. love that i can have i love that i can create scenarios in my head i love that i can ask myself questions and try to probe for answers Mm. so that when situations up i would have ready answers waiting waiting yeah you know i, I do that too <sighs> okay so yes we finally come to the end of our conversations i want to close off with this question yes when you go marry this year or this next year. year how many children will you have four five six <laughs> okay so with the with the children thing, I've always had a thing for triplets. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a one thing, one shot, and yeah, you're done. One of that's one of thing. And um, with triplets, I would like mixed sexes, two boys and a girl. Okay, so that means you will be going for um, intentional sex selection. Yes, yes, oh. I want to explore that. So um, it's usually one of my date questions. I want hmm. to know that someone. I like also like some of the things that I like. So I ask, yeah. how many children do you want have? To. When I propose three and I see their faces squeeze, mm-hmm. I know, okay. It's but either three, this three with a one soft is, is a good deal, man. It's a good deal because here I am thinking two, two is my like, two is my most. And that's why I want to have it as twins once. So, yeah. So three is a good deal. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then, of course, when I want to get married, um, honestly, definitely know. not this year, except except some miracle happens. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. When you believe, if you believe, <laughs> you just have to believe it to happen. <laughs> eh? me. You see that question is God you can ask because for me I don't know. Eh, ask God, eh? <laughs> ask God. <laughs> ask God. <laughs> oh, oh God, this was this was a fun conversation. I liked how um we went about it. But yeah, you brought in a lot of angles that 
ordinarily i don't think people think nigerian men think that way but you really saved some points for some men that are like you and yeah i am happy to do that always all right enjoy the rest of your day bye bye Thank you guys for listening. I hope it was an interesting conversation for you. I know I had fun both listening and being in the conversation. But hey, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram at the girl unplugged or chat me up on the Podroom app. Let me know what you think, your opinions and all that good stuff. Hit the subscribe button to listen to more amazing stuff. Share this with someone you know would find it interesting as well. And yeah, until the next episode, continue to be you till full. Bye.